There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hello, weirdos out there in Weirdo Land. The band is back together, and boy, oh boy, do we gotta talk. Mr. Beckett was out last week. The reason why we didn't do a podcast. Blood in, blood out. If, if, if we're not all here, fuck it. We're not doing ah, it. I like it. I yeah, no, it. I, but... I appreciate it. I felt bad, because I was looking forward to it. So what happened to you? So I woke up, well, you know, I'll, I'll give the bullet points. So Saturday, I felt like someone at risk of TMI had kind of flicked me in... Uh, one of your nuts? The pee hole? Yeah, one of my family jewels. Oh, damn. And I thought, you know, the dog maybe jumped on me on the couch. It was kind of like that kind of feeling, right? And I was like, ah, this will go away. I woke up Sunday morning with probably... And arguably the worst pain I've ever had in my life. Now, oh, was it no. was it intestinal, lung, butthole, all of the above? So it was right testicle, pelvis, and my lower right back. Oh. And, and I never throw up from to no. a fall. So from being sick or drinking in college, I've probably thrown up a total of eight or nine times in my life. Really? Yeah. Wow, what well, a stat. Iron, iron I, I'm gut. not a thrower. Up. I wake up in the morning, wish I had. You know? Iron gut Beckett. Yeah. Damn. Oh, me and, too. I got you beat. I threw up when I was seven. Oh, wow. I had three kids, never threw up once. Wow. Uh, How many times have you thrown up your life, Vicky? I did when I was seven. So I had a hot dog, so I never ate them again until I was in my 30s. And then I had a stomach virus in 2017, in which case I threw up one time. Wow. So, like, I don't know what happened to me before seven. That I don't remember that. But literally seven years old and then in 2017. Well, either I'm part cat because <laughs> I lead the league in vomiting. Oh, my wow. God. I've thrown up so many times in my life. It uh, is your superpower. We, we also do live different lives. Let's <laughs> yeah, yeah, go yeah, ahead yeah. and say that. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right, Becca, go on. So, so, so I never throw up. And I started throwing up from the pain. And Terrible. I called my stepdad, who's a, a doctor. And he's like, you need to go to the hospital because what you have, especially with that pain in my lower back, he thought I had, might have had appendicitis. Oh, God. And baby, I'm ha- ter- terrible. Uh, uh, yes, Denny's. Yeah. So I went to the hospital at Good Sam, and it's like a five-minute drive from my house, and I would sweat through my shirt, like oh, in sweats. You, so nature's telling you, bitch, something's wrong with your body. Dude, I'm moaning like a stuck a- cow. I, like, I, I was just moaning. So I go to the ER, tell them what's going on. They're like, all right, we'll get you in. The nurse couldn't figure out how to take my temperature. I'm, I'm walking around being like, I need some pain management. I, <laughs> I need some pain, pain management. Can you do me a favor? To tell us a little bit, kind of like a documentary style where you're saying about the pain, about the cow, and I want Denny's to go ahead and give sound effects to give life to this story and right. uh, give us gripping details. Just continue. I'll, I'll and, jump and, in. Yeah, you, well, I, uh, sounded, I sounded like a, an animal that was stuck with by a spear that w- wasn't basically finished off. It was just like an agony rolling around, right? Yeah. yeah. This is working. Keep going. Yeah. 
So then I'm on my way to the hospital and I'm just like sweating bullets, just like I'm arching my back out of the chair. I'm mad at every light. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm trying to make water noise. I, Keep I, the water noisy, guys. Uh, it's hard. My mouth's so dry. Weirdly, <laughs> I wonder why your mouth's dry. <laughs> yeah. So I get I get into the pre triage room and uh, I'm waiting for them. And you know the nurse is trying to figure out how to take my temperature. The thermometer's not reading reading right, and everything's you know when you're in that level of pain, everything's annoying too. You know, because you're focused on one thing. You're doing a great job, Beckett. I'm not hearing. I'm not hearing a lot of sounds. It's but... like double dutch. I had to wait for a spot to jump in. So I, while I was waiting on the nurse to get me in, because I wanted morphine, an epidural, whatever they oh. could give me, put put me oh. out, put me out. So while I'm waiting, I go to the bathroom at the hospital and throw up more. That's how much pain I'm in. And uh, so I finally got back to the room, and uh, this is a Sunday afternoon, you know, or midday at this point. And I was like, guys, I need something for pain. So they gave me whatever the, the precursor before they give you morphine was. Didn't work. Oh, yeah. Morphine, that, that button with the morphine, yeah. they gave you the button when you keep hitting it and hitting it and hitting it? No. Or no? So whatever the, the medication they gave me first didn't work. So then they came in and gave me some morphine. They controlled it. In the IV with, with, I, I'm sure it, it was a drip of, of sorts yeah. with a dripping sound. So it it uh, oh, no. so bad. So so it basically <laughs> I left it on the table. <laughs> it basically curtailed the pain, the morphine. That's how bad the pain was. And so I'm laying there, and they're, they're getting ready to throw me through a bunch of diagnostics, a, a testicular ultrasound, and a CAT scan. Ooh. So uh, <laughs> I'm I'm laying there before the CAT scan. With my my pants off, a towel, a towel over my my belly, you know, hiding the rest of the the. Whoa, Beckett, hold on! I didn't right? know it was gonna get sexy. And, and then you know, with ultrasound, they have the gel, and you know, yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's a female ultrasound tech. I got you know the the female nurse, and I'm laying there like in all my glory. I was like, what the hell is going on in my life? And you have to put yourself in my perspective before I tell you guys the diagnosis. I was scared out of my mind because to have that level of remember I'm the guy that like played lacrosse and had you know lacrosse sticks across the rib cage I'll do iron mans for bullshit stupid masochistic fun Prager. this <laughs> this level of pain was absolutely bananas and to have that level of pain at that location of your body oh okay so what was the final the final uh diagnosis kidney stone kidney stone kidney stone and what the nurse told me I was like I told the nurse I was like I'd heard of sides that kidney stones are painful and annoying, but no one conveyed to me how bad they were. She goes, you know, it's interesting. I have guys come here all the time with kidney stones, and they say the exact same thing to me. I was like, we need to start a support group. You're like, we, we, we need to get this figured out. Vicky, you're hearing tales of dripping. You're hearing morphine, uh, stones of kidneys. Thoughts? The reason why it shocks men so much is because they haven't given birth. Damn, gender wars, back on. Yeah. So that's what my mom said. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's what my mom said to me. But then I talked to, you know, it's funny. Like once you go through something, you start talking to other people, you realize that some other people you didn't know actually have also gone through it. Mm -hmm. And one of my friends, she has two kids. And to be fair, she had a much larger kidney stone they had to surgically go get. Okay, I thought, you were, I thought you were about to say something else. She said it was worse than childbirth because, you know, 
basically it amounts to like a little pebble with spikes on it. Mm-hmm. And the doctor says when it's moving from the kidney through oh, your urethra God. until it gets to your bladder. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Becky, I'm sorry. I, I, when we start talking about pain with the, u- the u- urethra Franklin, I got to kind of throw the towel oh, in. Kidney tubes. Makes my penis uh. and my butthole hurt. Oh, because the kidney tubes, they go right yeah. to the but, urinary. But we, okay, go on. So uh, to, to put a bow on it, it is genetic and it's also, of course, dietary. So um, my brother actually had it too. He was hospitalized for the same thing, but it's dehydration, too much salt, um, foods with high oxates, which I haven't figured out what that means yet, but things like spinach actually has a ton of oxates. I told y'all, spinach ain't... Yeah, you've been talking shit about spinach all week. Health food ain't healthy. Mm-hmm. Health food ain't healthy. I told you, your fine ass needs to be eating some french fries. What about potatoes? Kale. Potatoes good for the kidney. I haven't looked up kale yet. I bet it, kale. It, you think it's got right. oxides? I gotta get this back on track. Kale <laughs> is not good. And yeah. anyone that says it is, is lying to themselves. Beckett, we don't have to do a kale debate. Damn, I'm so but afraid I'm, of kidney stones now. I'm glad you are healthy and you're back. I'm, I'm, I'm with Denny's. I'm so afraid of kidney stones. It's a matter of time for me. Oh, Vicky, gosh, I'm bad. sure it's pretty bad for women as well. I don't know. I never had one. Vicky doesn't throw mm. up, doesn't have kidney stones. No. In fact, she didn't even have kidneys. <laughs> Ponton had a kidney stone. How, yeah. how, how was your experience? Was it bad? Well, well yeah, probably. I, I, I don't think anyone says it was a great experience. <laughs> but this was easy <laughs> AF. Oh my God! <laughs> no one ever says it was a great experience. <laughs> oh. uh, but uh, we're glad you're back, Becky. Give him a round of applause. Good to be here. Good to be here. He who cast the first. So film. let's uh-huh. get into some Ask Vicky. Uh, Vicky, we thought we captured something on video here. Now I went on KVJ and said we think we caught well we th- a ghost something paranormal. You saw the video. What were your thoughts on that? And I, I know some drama started to happen about said ghost that did touch your arm during the podcast. Yeah, I mean, anytime that I've done an investigation and you get something like that, if it that's all you have, I would have dismissed it and not acknowledged it or made any big deal. But it happened in conjunction to being touched and also the interaction that you had uh, a little bit later on. So... Um, whenever we have something like that with other experiences, I have to give it a little more credibility. Anybody who's gone back and watched the four cameras, Beckett is right next to me. When the thing came out and went in his direction, it should have been on his camera. It now, was you're not. telling this, I'm, I'm going to play it, so go, go, please go okay. on. And there's a lot of things. So I'm looking at everyone's camera angle, and people got to realize what our, if you turn off your our light, stands work. are like... What, this is like a foot, just barely yeah. over a foot apart. Yep. And we're using the same lighting at the same level. There shouldn't be any reason why it was in my frame and not in his if it were dust or a bug or something like that. If it was a bug, and I explained to somebody, this is like, what, a 10 by 12 room? If it was a bug, one of us would have swatted it mm-hmm. during the hour plus that we were on the air. And it was unusual. I've sent it to people who have looked at paranormal videos before and they say there's certain things it has the density it literally comes in horizontal it comes back vertical dances the hula disappears again comes back in horizontal and zips out by beckett yeah it, it's pretty good footage for us doing a podcast Just being here randomly yeah. looking back it, it it does it does not look like dust to me in the least bit no. uh that was pretty good footage and i would like to send that out to more people i think it's got potential uh the other people wanted to know too remember when the osbournes were supposed to 
Yeah. Watch our footage. Do you know what happened? People keep yeah. going. I'm looking for you guys on the Osborne. You won't if if you accidentally blinked, you would not have seen it. They did not show the entire clip. Uh, they only showed a little piece of it, which it wasn't that large in the first place. I should have went ahead and played the whole thing. And Ozzy said it was a dog or a cat. Walter? Yeah, no, I, it's, uh, yeah, whatever, Ozzy. All right, well, that's... Uh, that, was, that's so that was it with the Ozzy. Yeah. That's fine. Prince of Darkness. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll keep sending out some shit. Uh, Ponton, Joe Ponton's got the audio recording right now. Because the the house has been very active. Now, I don't know if it's because my brother's here, I've got family in town, um, but it's always pretty active around here. A lot of times I don't bring up the stuff that goes on because it's kind of the same stuff, you know, if I bring it up on KVJ TV, oh, yes, something woke me up and grabbed me. It's the same shit. But that's pretty steady here, Vicky. Right. And I tried to be nonchalant, but people who watch the show very closely, w- before the thing zips in front of me, they see that I'm like, you know, like, what's going on? And then after it touches me, you can definitely see the point where this thing touches me because I'm like, and I'm looking around trying to find a logical. And my face, this is why people say I can't play poker. Because I do not have a poker face. When something happens, you can tell it. Poker? How do they know her? <laughs> uh, okay, how about this, though? Somebody may say, you know, ghost comes into the podcast. It's uh, running amok. Jumps on your arm right next to Beckett. Then all of a sudden, Beckett's got kidney stones. Can ghost or spirit, paranormal, anything like that, can that lead to health issues and i'm not talking about your typical insomnia which would lead to a sore throat can it cause medical issues kidney stones appendix all that kind of shit long-term exposure to an active house especially if something might be negative in nature if you don't believe me watch amy allen she will be the, the first amy the allen? amy allen no. on dead files she has often told people that your these spirits here are literally making you sick so that's long term it flying by beckett for two seconds didn't give him a kidney you don't think it nicked his nut no do you don't think it went in his kidney and became a stone and is your ruther franklin (laughs) kind of just (laughs) run amok run askew and awry (laughs) oh man oh i'm just thinking about kidney stones it's crazy i don't want to think about it i wish i could forget let's think about the rolling stones instead all right if they got that close i hope it was the lady in white Lady in White is carnal, Vicky. So th- that kind of goes to my next question about the, um, the the Lady in White. I have a lot of questions from the people about the Lady in White. And they want to know if me and you line up with our thought process about the Lady in White. I've talked to y'all about how she is this Lady in White. I get the vibe, the feeling she's from the 20s or the 30s from that kind of era. And um, I get that she likes a drink, she likes a smoke, and she likes a poke. But she also loves music, and she does feel possessive. Are we on the same paragraph slash page when it comes to that lady in white? If we can call her forth, is what you're saying? 
Can we make her manifest? Well, do you think what I'm saying? Oh, I think all the criteria. What what I'm telling you, does that that also align up with what what you kind of feel? Yeah, but I also think that if we were to use our energy properly, we could probably make her manifest. She's a powerful enough entity, you think, with her personality? Yeah, and especially with her obsession with you there's a good chance that we could get her to manifest in some form. What makes her obsessed with me? And, and, I, and, I, and I'm putting, insert me, insert Beckett. What happens in a situation where a ghost gets fixated on somebody where they're going, all right, I like this guy. I like this woman. I want to fucking, you know, show up all the time. Maybe show a little ghost titty. I mean, I'd like to pump your ego, but it's probably just that you're open and you can censor. Oh, yeah, you, you yeah. don't have to give me fake ego. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of not that look, different from the bar. Yeah, look, yeah. If, <laughs> if she's just here out of convenience, I mean, I, I get it. It's such is life, Denny's. But I do feel while she stays here, she goes, I don't know if I want to leave. This guy's got a bit of an edge. He's also weird. Also sounds like real life. <laughs> <laughs> but you you sense that? When I say a carnal kind of a va-va-voom, yeah. do you know what I mean by that? Right. And do you sense that as well? She definitely seems possessive, for sure. And would you, because another question people keep asking, go, well, Bird, you, you have women in and out of your house, and I'm talking about not people that I'm dating, just women in general, loved ones, uh, you know, friends. Does the ghost kind of know what women to be mm-hmm. sus of? And Because she may not go after you. Because she doesn't think we're going to be romantically involved. Right. Or she may go after you because she knows you're a female and you're close and you've got some FaceTime with me. I've never thought that she would go after me. I never thought that I would be a victim. It didn't hurt me, whatever touched me. And there's also multiple theories people have tossed around as to what we actually saw. I've had people uh, chime in and say that what we saw may have been an elemental um, because of the way it moved, because of its size. It could have been... You know, to put a reference like a Tinkerbell type thing. So an elemental, um, a nature spirit, a fae. There has been also a couple people that have come to me and thought it was my mom. And she was trying to either get my attention or try to protect me. I don't believe it's my mom because my mom was not a showboat in life. I don't think she'd be a showboat in death. So that one I've kind of eliminated but the size and the way it moved, it's possible that it's an elemental. We've got a good question in the chat room. Aaron says, I think Jay Bird is using his mind to manifest these things. Now, I do I think it's a great question and a great comment. I don't I don't I don't believe that. Because if that was the case, anybody can manifest anything. Let me manifest a woman made of hundred dollar bills and she leaves them on my ground. I would say that your interest and your openness makes it possible for her to be here for the long term. The other thing I was going to ask you about, I've been meditating about just being more open to being psychic. And I do kind of feel like it's working. Am I just living in a la-la land thinking what I'm doing is helping me? Or is meditating on trying to be a better psychic open to being in tune to the universe is that a a good avenue to go down if you're somebody that's interested in that world what you think about you bring about so yeah you could help towards that what i have always found to be more effective is actually practicing and what's so weird i knew you were gonna say that shit (laughs) (laughs) practice is working beckett (laughs) 
Uh, I love it. Uh, a couple more questions for the Ask Vicky segment. Uh, Denny's, we didn't even do the Ask Vicky music. You and Beckett take the theme song. Three, two, one, and go. I was trying to sound all time. That is the new theme. We have to take that audio, and that will be now your new theme. I love it. This was something we talked about today and it on the KVJ show. And I'll, I'll read the email for anybody who did not hear this, but I want to get your opinion, Vicky. Can you get somebody else's stank from what they're doing? So keep that in mind when I read this. I just bought a new house uh, for a really cheap price here in South Florida. I now understand why I got it for so cheap. I live right next door to a satanic cult. They keep me and my family up all night with their terrifying rituals and chants. That's kind of fucking horrifying. Um... Um, come on. That's like a peaceful like, chant. Um, yeah, that's a peaceful one. Come on. Uh, oh, that's peaceful? They're probably shouting in tongues and give me, such. Give me yeah. a, a, a devil chant and we'll do that. I'd be like, Becky, it's afraid to do I, I have a little bit. We're going to evoke something. Corpses are going to come through my pool like poltergeists. Conjuring. That would be sweet. Uh, they say the police won't do anything about it because they say my neighbors have religious rights. My question is this. Will any of their satanic rituals have some type of mystical effect on my family? Also, if the cops won't do anything about it, what can I do? Let's not go down the cops avenue. We, we kind of covered that on the KVJ show. I want to cover people doing weird shit where they are trying to invoke spirit and it is next door. That's not something that can bleed over. Yes, it is. Um, unless you put a boundary around your property. Maybe two weeks ago, I watched a special, and it was about a house in Saginaw, Michigan. In the 1970s, early 1970s, this family started randomly having all this poltergeist activity. And I mean severe poltergeist activity. And there was a person who they claim was a witch that had moved next door. They would find her doing these weird things around the plants and all kinds of stuff like that, whether that part's true or not. But the theory behind it is why the activity started was because there was someone practicing, actively practicing negative witchcraft right next door to this property. Energy, especially negative energy, is not going to be contained. It's going to ooze out. They can protect their property by doing a blessing around the perimeter and then sealing it with kosher salt around their property to try to help keep that negative energy on the other side of that salt line. Denny's, we got, you know, talks of rituals, uh, kosher salt, uh, property <laughs> lines, rituals, thoughts, opinions. Yeah, I hear you. That would be a tough neighbor to have because <laughs> you just wouldn't really want, like you said, the stank to get on you. I would probably do the salt line just, but as far as noise ordinance, I mean. Well, think about this. If somebody had a roach problem it's yeah, on the rig. A, a apartment or a quadplex. A couple yeah. roaches might get in your house, Beckett. Yeah. Or a meth lab. Exactly. Meth lab's another big problem, yeah. You may want to try meth if your neighbor's making it. No? <laughs> I think the contaminants <laughs> leak through the air. Yeah, and you might get blown up. And mm -hmm. you can get exploded. Virginia's father, uh, I forget what state, it might have been... Kentucky? Kentucky, yes. They were, uh, they were living next door to people who were making meth to a point where I think it exploded. It the happens. cops came. They had to move. 
Or they'll abandon the property and they leave all the chemicals there and it Fs up everything. In real estate, if there was a house that had meth in it, it basically has to be demoed. It gets in the drywall. It's horrible. It really does mess up. Yeah. I, I, uh, I went to visit my brother when he was living up in New Jersey. I swear to you, the motel that I stayed at had meth in it. it oh, there was yeah. a ring of <laughs> drugs in the sink. The, the comforter smelled of sin, sadness, and death. That's every motel. It was awful. <laughs> Jenny, it was awful. No, it sounds it. Uh, Vicky, we got one more question. Uh, when it comes to unsolved murder cases, do the victim's spirit try to give you clues of who committed the murder? For example, there's there's three cold cases here locally that I'm obsessed with. I, I would do anything for answers. Obviously, one's the Rachel Hurley case up in Jupiter. Do spirits typically do that? They try, almost like a movie, ghost. They're, they're leaving little nuggets to try to get you to solve the case, or is that just fucking movie wishful thinking? I would assume it was a spirit when I helped on the down low with a, a case in uh, northern Palm Beach County. The victim showed me how she died. She showed me the vehicle that the perpetrator was driving, showed me what was in the bed, because it was a truck, showed me what was in the bed of the truck, and showed me the general area where her body was. And that came to be true, everything, all that? I I was two miles off. Wow. Two miles off, because she had had showed me, like, this fence with this gate, and I described, like, the gate and the fence or whatever— and the only difference is I was on the wrong side of 95, so that accounted to about two miles. If you had to, someone goes, you know, a terrorist breaks in and goes, Vicky, you must predict when Jaybird will die. Could you get there and try to predict my, my age of death? And would, would you be confident that you could get two miles, so to speak, within that time frame? If your death were medically related, I'd probably be more likely to be accurate than if you were murdered. I'm not making the 60s, am I? <laughs> I don't think I'm making the 60s, Annie. Nah, you got a lot of years left in you. Man, that's my brave heart. <laughs> that's my pep talk guy. I love him. Most peaceful guy. I mean, it's going to be shorter if you keep stepping on these stools. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was ah. stepping on some stools before the podcast and almost died. Uh, Vicky, great job on Ask Vicky. Very good stuff. Great questions from the people. Keep them coming, and I love it. Um, do you guys know Project Bluebeam? Have you ever heard of Project Bluebeam? Jaybird, why don't you ever talk about Project Bluebeam? Yeah. Are you doing something for the government? Stop covering up the truth. Speak about Project Bluebeam. Project Bluebeam, it's a conspiracy that... There's going to be a world order. Basically, they are right. making the governments of the world is going to make an, a fake Armageddon, a fake Jesus is coming, a fake alien invasion to try to get everybody on the same page because everyone's going to be scared shitless to create now the one and ever long. So why did they change the name to Bluebeam? When did that come about? Because Project Blue Book is different because Project Blue Book is about the alien reports and that, those are legit gotcha. reports people would write down. Project Bluebeam is a conspiracy theory that the government new- are trying to create a fake for example, you go outside, you see aliens coming down from the sky or even a, a Jesus coming down the sky. 
people coming, yeah. people think that the government's going to make tech have technology Do a fake version a of fake this. version to freak everyone out scare them into submission then to kind kind of re-control uh and reset society i mean it's not a, a terrible plan it would probably fool a lot of people vicky you're you're, you're it didn't work with covid we did not come together. We did not become submissive, especially the United States. Other countries may have been more compliant, and it should have brought us together as a United Nations that we were going through this and it didn't work. So if that's part of their plan, they better come up with a really good thing. And I see what you're saying from a certain point of view, and then I would say it's a little different. A COVID, uh, the, the COVID pandemic, which turned political extremely quick, Within, I would say, six months, it was so divisive about masks and people didn't believe it. I think that's different because you have talking heads talking about human ideas that, okay, if if Beckett's, you know, a governor of a state, he's talking about COVID. I'm over here going, well, he's a human. He's talking about human things. He could be lying. If you could make believe that there's Armageddon going on. Jesus comes down. UFOs are in the sky. That, to me, is slightly different than a, a pandemic to where you may get more people going, we got to band together. we gotta, we got to fight these UFOs. I know what you mean. I think a lot of people would, at this point, they would be way too cynical. They would think that it was all made up. I think there's a lot of people that would not buy into it at this, at this Absolutely. point. Absolutely. You lose 30% of the population yeah. immediately. Billion percent. And, I, I'm so with you on that. And some people... You know, it's just opposite day. You know, like if if, if their party was in office, uh, they would probably be for it. Then the other party gets in office and they have to be against it. So if you got California to be all kumbaya, then Texas is like, no, we're going to shoot it down with our guns. You know, just like as an example, everyone's got, I I agree with Vicky. I think it's, yeah. yeah. Project Blue Beam and Project Blue Book are two different things, just so you guys know. I I know there's some confusion in the chat room. Yeah. The the Blue Beam is the conspiracy theory of the the New World Order (laughs) that's that's taking place. I mean, if you took a hologram or whatever technology you want to use, and you made a Jesus reappear in the deserts, People would lose their fucking minds. People would go insane. AI image creation with voice production. But I'm uh, saying not through a video. Like, it's projected over people. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Outside and amongst the people, and they're filming it now with their phones. Like, what the the hell is this? The theory is that Uh it would look so realistic in the sky where your average person wouldn't question it, going, oh my gosh, Jesus is coming down. Now, again, this is a conspiracy theory, and I'm just answering that email. And I thought it, w- it was a good topic because we haven't we, we we've tickled upon it, but the fact that we you guys don't even know what it is makes me think we we really haven't talked about. I think it that we much. talked about it once a long time ago because yeah. it sounded vaguely familiar. Major conspiracy theory. What are you guys' thoughts on the whole new world order? There's just such a select government that's controlling everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or they're saying that there's going to be a reform and there's a new government that becomes the new world order. But they talk about the Illuminati and all that shit. They've been shit. talking about it for so long. Do you think that's even a possibility? Uh, it's hard to say. That's a pretty OG uh, yeah. conspiracy theory. That one's that's been around for a long time. Yeah, I mean, that goes to... Well, let's t- as Machine Gun Kelly says, let's talk about let's it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> you ever seen Sorry, that? kick my ass right now. His diss track to Eminem is amazing. Um... Because it's so good. I haven't heard it. Oh, it's awful. 
It's awful. All right, I digress. I can't wait to hear it. Okay, we're playing it right after this. Yeah. Uh, Vicky, you have to listen to it too. We're forcing you because you don't have to work tomorrow. Yeah, I'm just to <laughs> I know. I know. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, party, Vicky. Uh, Vicky, all of this Project Blue Beam, Illuminati, New World Order. Are, Freemasons. Uh, are, exactly. All of that shit. Are we just bored and we're on the internet too long? Or is there some truth to this? Uh, I think that people have a little bit too much time on their hands. I am not a big conspiracy theory person. I'm too, believe it or not, for a paranormal investigator, I'm too much of a concrete thinker. And some of these theories out there, I'm like, my first question is, why? <laughs> and most of them don't have a good answer for why. Well, okay, uh, power. Power and control. Yeah. But still, the, the concepts of what they come up with are so bizarre that it just doesn't make any sense to me. And I got other things to worry about. I got to pay my mortgage. <laughs> the, the other thing, too, sometimes I will push back on a theory, not because I believe it, but to, to, to kind of get the conversation going. I'm with you. I don't think there is this big world order because people can't get on the same page, Denny's. So I think maybe there was a world order of some uh, a secret society of people who were kind of pulling the strings uh, and especially pre-internet it was probably easy to control things i mean churches controlled things for a long time if it wasn't a, a church it was some sort of government that controlled things it was always there's always that controlling factor so i think there has to be a couple people pulling the strings but then you generationally over time the objective always changes. The The next person doesn't necessarily want what the first person wants right. when they get control. And you do that for 100 years, 200 years. I mean, there's probably going to be a lot of changes in what the original concept of the world order was. Well, it's so weird. I love listening to old radio broadcasts from the 70s, oh, 80s, awesome. 90s, up to the, the, the 2000. And it's bizarre. They're talking about the same shit and fighting about the same shit. We are yeah. fighting about right now. Maybe with some different adjectives, mm -hmm. different, slightly different point of view. Plug but and play the outraged topic. At the mm -hmm. end of the day, we're fighting about the same shit we've been fighting about. Rinse and repeat. I bet if you could hear some cave people talking, they would same. have some funny <laughs> ass shit. And probably, you, if you did the research, it's still... Yeah. The same shit. They're like, can you believe you fucking Ron over there with his fucking Republican ways? Well, we played that clip on KVJ uh, where they were they were outlawing drinking and driving, drinking and with beers, and it was a vid a news clip of them asking the locals what they thought about that, and they were against that law. They is, said it's cool to. They go, you work a hard day, you can't drive home with a beer. Is there any way you can pull? Up I'm gonna that try clip. to find it. This okay. this clip I found is, it originally for Kevin. This so. clip is amazing because it's basically going. They're taking away our rights. You mean to tell me I can't drink with a fucking beer with hey, my kid in the I car? Mean, Fuck it. you, Uncle Slam. Well, I sent you guys on a group chat a uh, text message that I was listening to a story. Archaeologists have found in ancient Roman times dad jokes. Yeah, dad jokes. Well, of course. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> it is amazing because I think it's all... We always think we're living in different times. As the bare naked lady said, it's all been done. We <laughs> always really think we're so been. clever. Right. Uh, what, what's that? Uh, I'm throwing so much at Denny's. Oh, you're cool. The, uh, the, the the Shakespeare of seven. Oh, there's only seven stories that can be told. You Every, know this. Everything's theory. just the seven stories. You know this theory. I don't know. 
Uh, so I, I can pull up the list of the seven, but uh, yeah, it's basically here. All right, so I found this clip, but yeah, it's basically there's only seven stories. It's like man versus man, man versus nature, man just being the adjective or the word they use. Humans, Dennis. Humans versus nature. Humans My versus God, it's human. 2023. Vicky, Vicky, I'm sorry. Humans versus self. So and really everything just falls into those categories when you tell, even if it's the Matrix. Or even if it's just a standard tale, they all fall within those categories. It, it basically says... It's just plugging and playing the info that's in them. Humans really only have seven basic themes of storytelling, and you can't get past those seven. That's true. So I'm somewhat ignorant to it, but isn't it true with maybe music writing? Uh, you know, you had to have certain elements of it, like in terms of a beat, a protagonist, and, you know, there's yeah. probably got to be similar elements. There is, but I, I think what is cool is there is a ceiling... For no matter what, there's only seven stories you really can tell as right. a human. That's it. That's really it. It's um, kind of like that. So many degrees from Kevin Bacon. Uh, it's it's six exactly. Of separation. It's so. It, it's exactly not like that. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Beckett. Here, I think I found that clue. Still, any attempt to restrict drinking and driving here is viewed by some as downright undemocratic. It's kind of getting common this when a fella can't put in a hard day's work, put in 11, 12 hours a day, and then get in your truck and at least drink one or two beers. They're making it laws where you can't drink when you want to. You can't. You have to wear a seatbelt when you're driving. And pretty soon we're gonna be communist country. <laughs> it's from 1980. <laughs> People have been screaming communist country for so long. Dude, it's the same thing. Well, that's my point. 60s, 70s, 80s, communist, communist. It, it's they're saying the same we're just stuff. Just losing our freedoms. You constantly. nailed the character, though. I, I was, I Kud was kudos. You nailed the character. Okay, well, thank you. you said it just like I, I'm gonna let clip along. JD rats. Oh, I love it. But yeah, they're so outraged that you can't drink and drive. What's next? You can't punch a man for no reason because it pisses you off? These are probably the same people that have no problem with uh, my having to scan my books on my bookshelf because they might be banned. Oh, Shit, wow. books? Ooh, I just got political. Yeah, uh, look at that. Banned Judy Bloom. Super fudge. What the fuck? Yeah, she's been banned a lot. Judy Bloom is? You're not allowed to have, like, Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, in your school library. Uh, there's the there's quite a, a few of that of Judy Bloom's books that have been banned. Bloom got canceled? Oh, right. that makes Bloom so much more gangster. Man, I love, Ju <laughs> I love Judy Bloom. Do you know she hangs out in Key West? No. I just read that today. Oh, wow. Damn, I'm a Bloom head, Beckett. Come on, Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing, mm -hmm. Freckle Juice. Okay, Bloomer. That was good. Well, it's it's Thursday. It's joke jury day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was good. Yeah, we're just going to the tail end of the week. I'm Bradley Trainer, and I'm Don McLean. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like this: A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Good stuff. Uh, great stuff from everybody so far. I think with that, the, the tone is just set uh, for yeah. some... Denny's Random Facts. Oh, sweet Denny's does a great job hunting, searching the facts on the internet. We've learned a lot from a sweet Denny's. Uh, Vicky, our educator, she grades him on each factoid. If she loves it, she gives him an A. If she doesn't like it, she'll give him an F. Kind of a rare grade, but she gives a lot of C's out. If you get a C, 
That's not cool with me. Oh, Denny's, geez. the floor is yours. <laughs> well, I'll start, I'll start off with the one I teased on the Facebook Live video. But I, I've mentioned before that elephants have been evolving lately without tusks in an attempt to thwart the poachers who have been killing them. So they're evolving slowly to not have tusks so they don't get poached. In a similar fashion, gorillas now have been dismantling traps set by poachers. They've evolved to the point now where they're taking apart the traps because they've seen them for so many generations. That is That's fucking cool. awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> that, yep. Finally Vicky. fighting oh, yeah. back. Yeah, that no, that's an A. That, to me, that's an A plus. I man. couldn't believe that. They're yes, fighting uh, back, smart man. Now, next step: catch the poachers in the traps. Then that's an A plus. Oh, if they make their own traps, that's the next yeah. step. They'll make their they own use traps that trap, redesign it, and catch the people who yeah, design the trap. But now we're in a POTA situation. Planet, <laughs> of the, Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. Yeah. So this isn't necessarily a random fact, but you mentioned you were talking murder earlier in one of the scenarios. Really? I was, talking, yeah, I was talking murder? <laughs> Surprise. Well, so I found ah. this site called the uh, Murder Accountability Project. And I, I stumbled upon this by accident one day looking up another random fact. And then I, I went to bookmark this and I forgot about it. But I figured I'd mention it because when you mentioned it, I found the website real quick. But so I guess compared to last year, murders went down. Uh, so in 2022, murders went down compared to 2021. I guess there was a big spike in 2020 and 2021. Murders went through COVID. The, you know, a lot of that stuff. I think people are stressed out. So murders went up, but then they went down. And that was the random fact I was looking up. But then it found it found this site, Murder Accountability. I guess they came out with a new software, and only 50 percent, 57 percent of the murders have been recorded with the bureau. And they're blaming it on that the new system's complicated and it's taking the people a long time to get used to it. So there's technically a 43% of murders that weren't accurately reported last year. Weird, right? So this site came up. It's called Murder Accountability. They're trying to find the missing cases that were not reported in the last year because people are still adjusting, I guess, to this new NIBRS system. This is why I, I don't believe in conspiracy The human theories. error, man. <laughs> it's so great. People, I think we give people too much credit. I think that overall, you know, we're, we're, we're wicked smart in some ways and we are dumb as shit in other ways. Well, Murderdata.org that, if you want to read about well, it. Well, that's why I have a tough time with certain parts of history. And I'm not one of those people that wants to deny anything, but... We can't even get it right in real time, so I'm I'm gonna take the account of ancient text and old old timey text of what the fuck happened. I'm not saying it didn't, but it does make you think. Yeah, humans they've always had an agenda. Always. What's real, bruh? Right. What is real? And I don't want to be one of those people that argue everything. Well, I wasn't there. How do you know it's real? Because I think there's some ways of really validating and and making sure you know it's real, but. There is something to be said. We've learned a lot. And I don't know if everything we've learned is completely accurate. We've got these ideas of things. I always go back to the Amazon. Uh, there's no lost cities in the Amazon. Uh, yeah, yeah, there is. We just get things wrong a oh, lot, Denny. I'll show you an example of human error. So in the mornings, we go to work super early. So you kind of sometimes get that late crowd that's they're probably up all night and they're still up. And then you get some of the people that are going to work in the morning. So when I turn out of my neighborhood and I get onto military and I'm driving, there's a pretty good chance somebody's going to come flying up on me and want to go around me. I'm just waking up, so I'm, tr I'm going slow. So, But there was a cop at the light. The light turned red. His light was about to turn green. The guy behind me flew it around me and floored it through the light, and I was like, oh, sweet, there's a cop. Finally, there's going to be justice. The cop was on his cell phone. Mm. Didn't texting, see it. Didn't even see that his light turned green yet. Probably sexting. Mm -hmm. 
I, I you want know. this flat top cock? But there's dick. an example of 100% that guy totally sexting. broke the law. <laughs> he was definitely sexting. But that guy totally broke the law right in front of a police officer. But then the human error, no, nothing against the cops, but humans are humans. I look down at my phone occasionally. I'll miss things. You have that element of somebody missing something. There was a complete breaking the law that just got overpassed. You were in overlooked. an 80s comedy movie where, whoa, the cop is looking down uh, and, <laughs> and then the banana and the the monkey wanna, slipped. I want justice. <laughs> it's crazy, it's man. Just, you, know, it, you have that human error. Just like when they shot that missile out in Hawaii. Or they, they sent out that text saying that they were going to get bombed in Hawaii. It's so terrifying. Yeah, it's horrifying. For, for anybody that doesn't know that story... Please, I, please. I'm foggy on the details, but it's something well, like, where they accidentally sent out a message to everyone saying that I think it was going to get blown up. Yeah, no, people a thought people in Hawaii thought there was a missile coming towards yeah. the area, and they're going, "Oh shit! Oh my! God, I love you! I cheated on you! I'm so sorry!" <laughs> oh, imagine! The, yeah. Never mind, I was kidding. <laughs> and it was just an accident by humans. It was an yeah. accident. I mean, jeez. Yes, again, I, I don't want to tear down the whole fucking foundation. I just ask questions where you go, all right, I mean, do we really have the the accurate writings of the 1600s? Do we really know what this shit was going on? It's important to ask questions. It's important to ask tough questions. That's mm -hmm. why the whole Founding Fathers had this idea of an adversarial press, right? And Congress's oversight. It's right to ask questions. Well, the press was originally to keep the politicians honest. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and what happens is that when you try to say something that you have a theory to be true and you take questions as something being fact, you know, there's just as much proof for a conspiracy being fact as it sometimes stacked against it for being fact. Well, right? there's a whole thing, too. And, and I get it. The person that asks a lot of questions is considered annoying. It, 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 they're a roadblock. They're a, road, they're a roadblock of the flow of things. If you're asking questions and you want to get something else done, you're all right, I don't want, I want to keep answering Beckett's questions. But to Beckett's point, you, you do have to ask questions to understand what the fuck's you going have to, on. Your what, whole do we, life. what do we do in court? To try to do our best of our ability to find out the truth. Yes, we ask a lot oh, of questions. Oh, Beckett, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> Did you order so the cold red? Oh, well, you want me on that wall? Eat me on that wall. Who's gonna do it? You, you, <laughs> Lieutenant Weinberg. Is that one of the best scenes ever? I just, I fucking watch it at least once a month. <laughs> he does. It makes me want to be a lawyer. It's a great. It's Only good. that scene, though. Just yeah. that scene. I just want to go. I, I just want to be a lawyer for about ten minutes and go. Objection, Your Honor. And they go, This is a ludicrous company, Your Honor. And then get, court. get thrown out. Yeah. I, oh. I want to have an outburst. I want to get him out of here. Slam my hand. And then, You can't handle the truth, you code red fuck. I think that this is how I, I, I settle on the scientific process and science and reasoning, right? It's kind of like the weather, right? The weather, when there's a hurricane coming, Everyone is glued to the Weather Channel. And they know that that sphere of confidence is likely pretty accurate or very accurate. Or sometimes it might be a little north or it might be a little south. But people know it is the best educated guess using data, science, research we've done in the past, experience we have in the past to do it the best. That said, does a weatherman sometimes say it's going to rain in the afternoon and it doesn't rain? Mm -hmm. Yes. That doesn't mean we throw the Weather Channel and my AccuWeather app out the window. So just because medicine or a leader per se got something wrong doesn't mean you throw the baby out with the bathwater, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. You still have to go with a uh, kind of a triangulation of facts. So you just don't look at the scripts that existed in B.C. You also use archaeology. Yes. And you say, hey, 
these uh, scrolls corroborate what we're finding in archaeology, mm -hmm. right? And and in the tree rings of the, the time that this took place and whatever. And then you start to have a working theory mm -hmm. and an educated belief system of that. Vicky, a picture. Uh, Vicky, a response to Beckett's monologue. Triangulation. <laughs> a. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was very, I mean, he's right. It's very well put. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. I see what you're saying. I, I think that's, what are you smoking right there, Mr. Beckett? It's a little nicotine. I've been stressed out lately. Oh, man. I'm sorry to hear that. Daddy was a Rolling Stone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> baby, get the, get all the nicotine you want. You, you've earned it. You've earned it. All right, Danny, you're, you're crushing it. A couple more. So, so I found this insane, but I guess not so much. The uh, So when if somebody tells you to close your eyes and picture a beach, you hear the water rushing, you see the trees swaying, you see the sun setting, can you visualize? What do you see? Do you see a photograph in your mind's eye? Do you see a picture of that? Or do you see words? Do you see words that say sunset? Do you see words that say if you don't see anything that I is see a moving picture? I so don't you see a photograph. I see it moving. But you see a moving picture. Right. You can visualize. You can close your eyes and visualize something. You can make right. something appear in your mind's eye. Can everyone do that? Yes. Mr. Beckett? Can make it. Yeah. You can think as well. How about you, Mr. Bird? <sighs> I can't. Get, I know you can. I can't get it from my brain to a canvas, and that always floors me when someone's artistic enough, mm -hmm. where they can do like a realist painting or even a, like a police sketch from right? visualizing. Visualizing. That yeah. So fun. I'm a big visualizer believer. I know you're a big one. I I I personally think uh, visualizing. And meditation goes hand in hand where, for example... It makes it tough to meditate sometimes because you start visualizing when you're trying to think of just pure darkness. So I, I kind of think my opinion sometimes on meditation and, and de definition like is different. Something. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of different types of meditation. There's Absolutely. the walking meditation. You can visualize with meditation. I'm a big visualizer. For example, let's say me and Beckett got into a fight about something, and I'm struggling with that. Fist or screaming? Just, just an emotional yeah, fight. Hair pulling. <laughs> uh, little talking. <laughs> Some necking. No. Uh, no, and I, I felt bad about it. I wanted to learn from it, and I wanted to uh, get something from why we did that. I would try to get quiet and in think my spit. Think, contemplate uh, my own version of, of what I would say prayer is. And, and when I say prayer, I think people get weirded out with religious uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're thinking try, on it, yeah. and trying to grow from it, trying to uh, nurture the spirit and get better with the spirit to make our friendship or relationship better. I think that's a, a very important form of meditation and visualizing that more people should do. But I, I think uh, to Denny's point, that is different than meditating mm -hmm. and quieting the mind. I do think both serve a great purpose though. A, a huge purpose. And I bet it was very important thousands and thousands of years ago in human society. But I also think that we're supplementing uh, in the context of what we have going on today uh, that is different on how we evolved most of, most of the time the human species have existed. And what I mean by that is now if you and I get in a fight, 
you could get in your car, you could get in a plane, you could turn the mm-hmm. TV on, you can go on YouTube, you can do whatever you want. On. Where back then you used to go to your cave or your teepee or whatever, and you know there wasn't the internet, there wasn't TV, you know. And and you, like, were, I hate that guy. you were kind of more <laughs> in a ready meditative state to be more alone with your thoughts, as would I be after the fight. And I think now in all this noise, literally and figuratively Man. had, you have to kind of carve that out for yourself. Oh, absolutely. You almost yeah. have to build your own firewalls. I, I, I think it's such a great point, and I want to get Vicky's opinion on that. I do think there's so much noise out there, and I know people get annoyed with me because I'm constantly saying, social media, get off of that. You know, we're, 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 too, we're too engaged in social media and on the screen. But I really do believe that. I know we're living in a world where you can't ignore it. You got to look at the screen. You got to look at some stuff. You don't want to be a person that doesn't know what the fuck's going on out there. But I do feel like we are in, there is a spiritual deficit, not only in America, but in the world. I'm talking about just being uh, uh, sympathetic. Uh, just yeah. kind of realizing a forgiveness. I feel like we're, we're in a time where you fuck me over. I'm slamming down the microphone. Manners. Fuck you. I'm going to dox you and all that. And I, I personally believe if you got beef with people, you go to a room, you, mm-hmm. you squash it. You and try to move on. Yeah. You spiritually try to grow from it. It's not about likes. It's not about clout. It's not about look at me. And I kind of feel like uh, we're in a time of look at me and not mm-hmm. look at my Family, right. if that makes sense. Get what I need. Or community. It's more me and not the the overall mm-hmm. human experience of trying to build. I mean, man, the media is so bad at trying to rip all of us apart from each other, whether it's gender, men versus women, black versus white. It's 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 sad and it's sickening. And I, I think it's odd for me to be in the media to talk shit about the media, but man, they all they care about is the green. You may be oh, one of yeah. those. They care about the. That's the only color they care about. Absolutely, divisiveness is paying such a such well, that's a what you great. Gotta realize it, it, it is get too caught up we're, in it because they are ultimately trying to make money. Well, that's Denny just said, nailed it. You have to realize it, and we're not going to realize it if we're stuck on the screen. Mm-hmm. You got to get off and go into nature and be quiet. Just like what you guys are talking about. Well, that's, uh, why I, that's what I found this, the genius in that movie, Shallow How. Like, if you could see the inside of everyone, mm-hmm. right? Like, people would act totally different, right? Because it would play to the same ego and vanity things. Like, you know, whether it's health or it's your moral compass mm-hmm. or all that. I have some religious friends that aren't spiritual. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds counterintuitive. But, you know, I grew up in, in religion, went to Catholic school. And, you know, whether people are spiritual because of Buddhism or just spiritual in and of itself or Christianity, you know, I see peace and happiness, whether it's within religion or you're, you're agnostic or whatever. It's to your point. I'm big on words and semantics is the spirituality that's important. Look, man, I'm a flawed fuck. And I, I would hate for me to do something and, and people to write me off and say, nah, man, you're, you're damaged goods. Vicky, is my rant old man on the lawn, gray beard, just fucking just out of touch? Or do I have a point with what's going on? I think the heart of it is that human beings no longer want to be alone in their own head. So we have created all these distractions so that we don't have to listen to our own head and our own thoughts. That's why people sometimes turn to alcohol and drugs. They don't want to hear what's inside their head. They don't want to reflect on their own things. I used to get in trouble a lot of times on, uh, when we left an investigation because I go stone silent. 
because I am inside that investigation still. My team members would be, yep, 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 yep. And I just want to be like, mm-hmm. shut up. I'm trying to process what shut we just did. I'm, still- yeah. <laughs> I, I'm processing. And I was the only one who wanted to first process it with just me before I processed it with the team. People just don't want to be alone with their own minds. But but I get that. I don't want to wake up at five uh, or f- three o'clock in the morning. On, on you have to, as a human, you do have to do things you don't like. And just because we don't want to be alone with our own thoughts, is that a really is that the right thing? No. We should no. be alone with no, our own. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. That's why all these other distractions were created. Yeah. And then people now they are addictions. It's hard to do self awareness or self analysis, Daniel. Oh, yeah. Why is that? I mean, because it's your, it's you live it. You're the quarterback. It's every your every decision made is yours. You it's, can't scapegoat anyone else. It, you you have to take 100 percent responsibility for yeah. that. That's it, tough. It, and if you look back on your stats and your you know 70 percent losses, and a lot of those losses are because of what the decisions you've made. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's hard for a person to deal with that. Well, absolutely, especially if you enjoy things that are detrimental. <laughs> To which your I, health. Which I, I <laughs> unfortunately, can I get a hell yeah? <laughs> well, I'm saying I think humans by nature just like detrimental shit. Shot. It's weird. I, I humans I do. are attracted to detrimental relationships. We're attracted to detrimental substances. We just and we if when we're young, we're invincible. We're detri- uh, detrimental situations. We'll put ourselves in these. We're just weird. Humans are the only freaking creatures I know that continually put themselves in detrimental so situations. So I agree. I I think that uh, humans as a law are attracted to stimulation. Yes. And 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 some friends that are girls have found that they were always looking for the bad boy, mm-hmm. you know, because of their relationship with their father or whatever, because that was a trigger in a nefarious way. But it was stimulation. Mm-hmm. But when they met the right guy that didn't trigger all their insecurities, that was their person. That was their soulmate. And it finally stimulated them in a positive way. It's like someone that smokes cigarettes and can't quit. But then they want to run a marathon. They start running. Now they're stimulated by the running, and they're For like, sure. "Ew, we cigarettes find, gross." We find new things that you it's replace new, habits. With it's a other new ones. stimulation, it's just, and it's a healthier stimulation. We just we get things that we like, and humans just want it nonstop. Vicky, why do we love the bad shit? Because it feels so good, Denny's. Well, it does. You're letting go. <laughs> why, why do we love it, De- uh, Vicky? I think it is. I, well. When you're talking about the bad boy thing, I definitely have that complex. I don't have, I never had a problem. I had a wonderful dad, no issues there, no daddy issues. I almost think I was born feeling guilty. And I had such a great childhood. And as I grew up, I'm thinking, well, that's not fair because I had all these friends that had these horrible, messed up childhoods. It's almost like survivor's guilt. Yeah. yeah. You are a true psychic because we have a guilt email. Oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> dear dear Jaybird, uh, I admire how you talk about some of your mental demons at times. I've had a hard time expressing myself that way. Uh, I've decided to email you. I struggle with guilt, something awful, in a way where it's really affecting my life. It's paralyzed me to a point where I can't do anything anymore. I'm not enjoying anything. I've tried therapy. It's just not for me. And I'm talking about six different therapists. Any advice on how to deal with guilt? I've committed no crimes and I don't do drugs or alcohol i just suffer from terrible guilt for some reason any advice kara uh i think guilt is i can speak on guilt because guilt was a big part of my childhood and i feel like that was a self-taught thing 
Uh, I come from, my mom was full-blooded Italian and always lived with me. She's full-blooded Italian. And I think something, at least in the Italian culture, guilt is just something. Prevalent. Yeah. At, at least with my family and other friends and families that I, I better, I, mean, I have a lot of Italian friends and family and, and guilt just seems to be a big thing in our culture. So is food. But I ask y'all who are a, a part of different cultures, was guilt always a big thing for you? Because I think if you're trained as a young kid to feel guilty, you're going to have some issues, obviously, as an adult, and you're, you're going to have guilt issues. Vicki? Guilt was not a part of our household. We weren't made to feel bad about anything. Um, you know, where we weren't ever said if we didn't eat what was on our plate that there were starving children in Africa. That, that didn't come out of my um, parents' mouth. None of that. I think I was just born guilty. And actually, I, I had a, a psychic read for me and say in a past life, my dad was my dad and my sister was my sister. She was the older sister, just like she is in this lifetime. Uh, our family had money, and this really good-looking guy came into town. Nice. And he um, wanted to marry me instead of my sister. Whoa. And my dad should not have allowed it. And so I married the rich, good-looking guy. My sister ended up a spinster. Oh, damn. Now, this woman didn't know anything about our lives because that's basically how this life is in reverse. Gotcha. Um, but that's how come, like, her hatred for me, she carried it from a past life. And I so feel guilty. siblings in a past life? Yeah. That's what you're uh, saying. They're and I feel guilty because I probably shouldn't have been, because the rules of the day was she should have gotten the husband because she was the older sister. So she said I carried guilt in from that past life. Um, that, 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 that's great. I love that. And part of the other question that I did not read, I think that, that is important to bring up, they asked, does guilt ever serve a positive purpose? And I would say yes and no. I think if you are a dick face and you cheat on your wife and it's awful, you should feel guilty. Mm -hmm. You should learn from that guilt. I also feel guilt is something where if you know you've done wrong, you have to get to that and get to a place of forgiveness and then move on from it. And whatever that is, however you can get to that place where your soul and spirit feels good, where you can't let it go, you, you have to let that guilt go. If not, it will rule and ruin your life, mm -hmm. and it will bleed into other people's lives. I've, I've yeah. known people that have felt guilty about stuff they can't let go, and it does damper their spirit and their light, which kind of makes other people miserable around them. And I think letting go is one of those things where people go, just let it go. No one ever has the one, two, three ABCs of how do you let something go? There's things in my life that I'm still troubled with that I want to let go, and for whatever reason, I can't. So the question I always ask, and no one really has an answer, how do you let go of something that you really want to let go of, but you just can't? Well, if a person is open to different spiritual experiences, you could have a shamanic um, ceremony in which you take all those feelings and all the things that you feel guilty. You go around, there's a fire, you write them on post-its, you have a little ceremony that's run by a shaman, and then you put that guilt and those things into a fire. And a lot of people have found that therapeutic. There's also a special kind of Reiki 
that focuses in on those types of issues. And if you find someone that does that, you'll actually feel a lot better at the end of it. And I'm on that side. I think that's great. I think that's amazing. I'm going to play the role of the naysayer. Oh, Vicky, what are you talking about with this ancient witchcraft and your weird, stupid ways? It's, that's just smoking mirrors and a yeah. powder trick. So if you don't want to go that route, you need to find the source of the guilt. So at some point, your mindset went to feeling guilt, and that's your default emotion. So you need to go into therapy, and you need to trace it back but to you, where it began, and then heal from there. Can you give yourself self-therapy? Do you always have to have somebody you may not trust? And again, not a knock against therapy. I think therapy works. I also think there's some bad therapists out there, just like right. anything. And I, I think some people are against therapy going, it's just another human who wants my copay, who... It is kind of right. singing for their supper. It, if you are self-aware enough and you're honest enough with yourself, but the thing is you're sitting there trying to heal and get to the root of it, you need kind of need somebody to ask those questions, those questions that are going to drive you to go back in time to find the root of all of it. Beckett, you ever have something in your life where you're having a tough time letting it go? And do you still have those feelings? If not, what did you do to make it let go? So I think when I define let go, I don't real. I'm not trying to forget it. You know, I'm just trying to have it not affect my let life. Let go of the emotions yeah. attached to it. Yeah. How do you do that though? That, that's a great point, Danny. But sometimes they go, "Yeah, it's great, Danny." How do you do that? Yeah. So so, <laughs> I'm, gonna let, I'm gonna let Becca continue. You know how I love analogies. I think about it like I'm driving in my car. I got my wife and my kids in the car going down, and I accidentally hit a squirrel. Got devastated it, it happened oh, one time in my life and i was you feel bad i felt horrible absolutely horrible but if i kept driving my car guilty looking in the rearview mirror i'm not focused on what i'm driving in the car i'm not focused on my wife i'm not focused on the kids and the rest of my life i have going forward ahead of me in the road so i try to think about it not in just a selfish way but also in a selfless lay, way about hey that was a moment. I did everything I could to apologize, rectify, make that right. I did the best that I could with the cards that I had, you know, in my hand. And then what's best interest of myself, my family, the people in my proverbial car is to go forward. So I think that's that's great. And I love that. Slightly different than you actually you accidentally hit a squirrel. You didn't mean to. I want to get Denny's opinion on this. I know somebody when they were 18 years old, they got into a fight at a party. Okay, she was young. Mm -hmm. They got into a spat. She was wrong to do that. She punched another girl mm -hmm. in the face, in the eye. The girl lost her eyesight in that left eye. I'm 45 years old, going on 46. She's roughly my age mm -hmm. and still struggles with horrific guilt about that. The girl who lost her eye... Completely forgave her, mm -hmm. but still she can't let that go. When it comes to something on that level where you know you've harmed somebody, you've maimed them. Yeah, you've made their life more difficult. Yes, from an action you did. How does somebody let that go? Or are you kind of not supposed to let that go? Well, like Beckett said, you don't forget it. 
you just uh, you would try to unattach yourself from the emotions of it. I mean, not in a mean way. You're trying to forgive it. She's forgiven you. I mean, at that point, you would have what I would consider the recipe for for, for moving on. But what happens if the girl doesn't forgive you? If she doesn't forgive you. You feel bad. You have ruined that person's life. But I mean, that could happen to anyone. That's such an incidental thing. You didn't go there with a with weapon the intention. to attack. To make her blind. I mean, in high school, uh, so you know how high school is. Uh, it was freshman year college. Freshman, well, so fr- freshman year high school, at my school, there was a kid, Blake, who didn't like this other kid, right? And he went up and punched him, right? Kind of like a For suck- no reason? No, they had a little spat once. But yeah, kind of out of nowhere. It was in the middle of uh, lunch, right? But the, the story is he punched him, right? And he fell and he hit his head on a table. And it, it jacked him up pretty bad. Blake felt terrible for that because he just wanted to punch the guy because he didn't like him. He didn't want to actually hurt the guy or ruin his life. He didn't understand what that was doing. But that that taught me a lot, that that punch, that reaction, can cause a negative second reaction. It can cause a bunch of spillover things to happen. Okay, let's, okay you're, you're, you're having a baby coming up. Your, your, your kid does the same thing. Punches a kid, loses the eye, the feels terrible. And the kid won't forgive your kid, and your kid is struggling. How do you make your kid feel better to where your kid is not so hindered by the guilt of life? Mm-hmm. Did something pretty horrific. Someone well, lost an eye. Judging, I mean, even if you got in a car accident and you hurt somebody or killed them. Accidental. I mean, yeah, accidental, completely accidental. There's a scale of how hard that guilt's probably to get over, right? Because, right. you I mean, instead of affecting a person's life and making it more difficult, you've taken a person away from a life. I mean, that's even more difficult. Right. So those type of levels, I'd say, is going to be a lot of time, unfortunately, is the great equalizer in that situation. It's go- yeah. It, but you do have to let go of it. You have to realize that that does happen. We're in a situation where you drive constantly, not like you're actually out there to try to kill somebody. Mm. And I think it's different when it's an accident compared to your own bad behavior. You know what bad I mean? Bad behavior makes it much harder to get, and then it can be compounded by... Especially if you're a person that has a good heart and had a bad moment. Right. And... and that happens. Out of that, character moments can happen. At, I've had out of out of character moments in my life. I mean, raise your hand if you had an out of character moment. It just where sucks. You, go, you do them every now and then. I noticed Vicky didn't raise her. Everyone raises their. All the dudes raise their hand. Yeah, Vicky's nah. always in character. <laughs> I'm a douche twenty four seven. Well, you know, I I think in life you can uh, sometimes play the victim and you can wallow. And it's tempting to wallow in things, but if you were violent and you accidentally uh, took someone's eye, well, maybe this doesn't fix it perfectly. Maybe this doesn't make you forget it, but maybe you help teach kids conflict resolution, and maybe you save someone's life. It changes your path. Someone's life or someone's eye or whatever, and you actually, not for that one particular person, but in your time here on earth, you've actually net counterbalanced all of that and that may good. help a little bit with guilt so basically yeah. what you're saying is there's an obstacle but now the obstacle has become the way well that'd be a positive yeah. use of guilt you're using that guilt for a productive manner you go i feel bad i ruined this person's life let me try to stop this from happening to other people's lives so you're using guilt positively and y- you see sometimes that and i think we've lost our way with locking people up because william penn started the penitentiary and the whole idea was to rehab people Right. And, and a lot of our jail systems throw people in and they come out equal, if not worse than when they went in. You know, they were in solitary confinement, X, Y and Z. They met more people in crime families, X, Y and Z. But I've also seen people come out that actually do good. You know, the, the, the jail experience was like, 
hey, like I have apologized. I have made it right with the family that I negatively you get affected. Access to programs you I go normally... talk to kids about being locked up in prison and committing, you know, violent crimes, whatever. And you I learn well, degrees. Comes that, down... that's, that's what happened with Marky Mark. If you look at Marky Mark's past, Marky Mark, when he was at 16, 17 years old, he hurt people. He did racial attacks on people and he tried to change his life to it's kind of the same situation there was a rumor that Marky Mark had a guy lose his eye i don't think that was i don't think that was a real rumor but he he would attack what people based on certain uh, uh i believe on on the race when he was younger mm-hmm. now now he's a religious guy looking back on his life do you do you condemn him if if somebody really has uh felt bad about something they've done but they've done something horrific vicky how do we how do we uh kind of get through all that you're 18 or 19 and you're let's say you do something really horrific the bad stuff you're and then you're with the wrong crowd yes and yeah. you realize i did something terrible is that person damaged goods till the urn no not if they can learn from it and turn it around i'm talking bad stuff they can still learn from it and turn it around. No matter how horrible of things that you've done, there's still a chance. With serial killers, there's a smaller chance. But there's a chance that you can turn yourself around, that you can turn that negative into a positive. There's always a chance. As long as you're still breathing, there's always hope. Even for a Ted Bundy type, you think there's always a path for redemption? There could have been if there weren't other factors. It's well, in some degree, there's probably, all, there's other factors that play, like mental illness and things like that. But, and he probably had a point where he could have made a change. It yeah. all probably comes he could have made a decision. He could have offered himself to science to study yeah. the brain of well, serial killers. We and, were talking earlier about taking responsibility. If a yeah. person goes to jail, there's two paths. They could either go back into crime right. or they could try to... It comes down to the person. I, I, I always say, man, it, when people take responsibility for their shitty behavior, it, just, it, it makes Makes me almost like not a Ted Bundy type because I mean that that's such an extreme, extreme. type. He's very but extreme. You, you do like it when somebody says, "Yeah, I did it. I'm a fucking maniac." Ed Kemper, he's a serial killer, the co-ed killer. Mm-hmm. He at least says, "Yes, I'm off. I'm wrong. I shouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. I'm fucked up." Again, not showing any sh- shine to an Ed Kemper. Mm-hmm. He's a monster. But to Vicky's point. And Ed Kemper, the co-ed killer, let's say he killed people up till 28 years of age, and then he feels guilty when he gets quiet in prison and says, oh my gosh, what the fuck happened? Do you forgive that person? Do you... How do we navigate that? Because there's going to be a lot of people with a human mind that says, fuck that co-ed killer. So my litmus test on uh, clients is that... You, I have a reputation for dealing somehow with some of the craziest clients that exist in my little area that I mostly work in. And people are like, how do you deal with this person? How do you deal with this person? I was like, well, the one common thread they all have is they're all self-aware. So if they act the fool over the weekend, on Monday that client's like, man, I know I'm difficult. You know, I appreciate you, X, Y, and Z. Totally brings down my thing. Where I have a problem is where people don't realize oh, yeah. that they're acting the fool and then they gaslight you, they're the victim, you know, they have their own narrative and all that. Then I'm, those are the people that I run away from so quickly because that that's where the problem they're that, not taking responsibility that's a whole ex, you're exactly right that's a common thread it sucks if everybody takes responsibility the system works. just be honest well if everyone took responsibility we really would have a pretty fucking it's just have hard a better, have a better world man but people don't 
People do not want to take well, responsibility. And what people gauge is something they don't. What might be so important to you is not important to me. Where yeah. I'm just like I don't even care, but to you it's important and reputations and such. It really causes a lot of convolution, and then people try to cover up things. That's why it's hard for there to be secret societies. People are just too self-absorbed. Well, Kara, themselves. That w- I mean, to cut you off, Dennis. I'm sorry. I thought, no. you, were, I th- I thought you were done. I, I apologize. We're, we're, go- we're going an hour twenty. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're going pretty deep right now. And we're uh, right in the middle of a Denny's random fact too. You yeah, know, I, I was going to try. There was a point where I was going to try to circle it back, but I think yeah. all hope circle is back lost. Right. Give us one more, and then I'm going to get... We'll finish the one you started. So I'm going to finish the one I started with. Uh, I'm going to get a visualization exercise. <laughs> I'm going to get a Joe Ponton over here for a would you rather, but yes, please fi- I can fin- make this very quick. <laughs> Don't. Well, so Prolong it. Edge it. Basically, I brought up... If you can visualize... It's called Fantasia. That's what that uh, that ability is in, uh, uh, to visualize. And Fantasia is the inability to visualize. Only 0.7% of the population has that. And then there's hyperfantasia, which is overstimulation of visualization. 2.6% have it. The reason I bring all that up is it kind of comes back to letting go of things, guilt. There was a recent study that said if you take negative thoughts and you physically write them down, crumble them up, and throw them out... It's psychologically, if you're a person who does not visualize well, it helps a person visually see it and helps Mm -hmm. you move on from things. So just a basic thing, I guess, if you're having trouble with negative thoughts, negative feelings, any of the such, write a bunch down and physically throw them out, and that'll help you with your visualizing process and supposedly helps you get over shit easier. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to do this exercise. It's kind of like that shaman you were talking about, same principle. Mm -hmm. That's what I was going to try to turn it around. I'm going to do it this weekend, and I want to report next Thursday when we do weird and whatever to see if it did, if it really did, because I've got some shit I'm carrying, as we all do. Mm -hmm. I want to write them down Throw them in a fucking fire. stove. Make sure all that shit burns. You don't want that shit getting out. Throw <laughs> <laughs> it in a fire. Exactly. <laughs> Only half of the page yeah, is. I pick it up. The hooker was buried. <laughs> 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 yeah, throw it in a fire. It'll be, uh, as they say, cathartic. Well, Danny, the great job. Uh, the random facts. Glad we got to bring that back. People are probably like, what the fuck's he talking about? Uh, you know what? It, it, uh, anytime anyone complains about the podcast, like a motherfucker, it's free. There you go. It's free. Mr. Ponton, come on over some for some Would You Rather. I know Ponton has been kind of busy with some stuff, so he hasn't been on the beach that much. So we'll keep it light tonight. We've got some Would You Rathers. And uh, Denny's from the cheap seats over there. We'll get your answers as well. (laughs) (laughs) Would you rather, Mr. Ponton, find out life is just a big simulation and we are nothing more than just avatars and experiment you'll never get the answers to, or come back to life reincarnated as a horrendous serial killer wreaking havoc on innocent families. Uh, it's fake. There's no way I could kill somebody. There's no way I could come back as a serial killer and you'd you'd rather you'd rather find out that this is, this all, is all just this is all some bullshit avatar. None of it's real. Oh, it'd be fun. Yeah. You'd like that? Oh, change the game. I so I would, <laughs> Vicky, I, Vicky, I wouldn't like it. Fake, fake. I'll go with the fake. You'd want so you're saying you I would, I would rather this all be fake and you know what who's to say we're ever going to find out the answers and it may all be fake now isn't that horseshit so we might be living it isn't that horseshit though <laughs> damn I should yeah. let go of this guilt if yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well yeah I don't know if we should say that to people because people will be doing some crazy shit if you go oh yeah don't worry about feeling guilty none of it matters I don't know I. 
I don't like, I don't want to be a serial killer either. That'd be fucked. Innocent people. Because if it does matter, now you have to kind of. Well, how about a serial killer who kills guilty people? Now we're doing some Dexter shit. I'll take a step <laughs> further. What if it is a simulation? We all end up on Planet X. We're all talking. And we're like, damn, Jaybird, you fucked up that simulation. You know what I mean? Like, go, go you know on. what I mean? No, I don't. So, so Avatar, if we're using like the actual movie reference, is you actually have your soul or being that is actually being placed in another world, right? So if you were the serial killer or you were however, whatever kind of person, good or bad or indifferent on Earth, well, at some point there is something real to create the simulation. I know this is kind of uh, Inception shit. Very Black Mirror. Right? So, so, but you still like, you know, if we were in a video game together and you were like... I'd fucking crush your oh, ass and strike you out. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto and you were just like you know, burying hookers, you know, I'd be like, dude, we were trying to, like, capture the flag, you know, like, to the car. Like, what kind of... I would be judging you in that video game in my rock chair with my headphones. Well, you know? let me ask the panel this. Do... Are we horrified by the idea if we die and there's nothing, or you're you're okay with that? Vicky? I'm fine. What am I going to do about it? I, I think no, that... I, I think that's a cop-out answer. I, I'm, not, I'm not coming no, down on I, you. I, I... I get that. Yeah, what, what am I going to do about it? But I'm talking about on a human level, does it bother you that there's a chance there's nothing after you die? Not overly. Really? Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, I thought that when you die, they stuck you in a coffin and you wake up inside the coffin. I didn't, you know, from way back when, I just thought when it was over, it was over. So if there actually is something, bonus. Beckett? I don't think about it that often. Really? But, but when I do, it freaks the shit out of me that there's nothing afterwards. And uh, the way, you know, like I told you before, like the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know has become kind of the cliche, is that with all of this nuance and, and stuff in, in the galaxies and the universe and Earth and nature, it is almost impossible to believe that whether it's aliens, higher powers, gods, whatever the case may be, that there's not something bigger than us, whatever, whoever, wherever that is. And I think it's like the end of uh, Sopranos. It would be such like a horrible ending to a, an amazing experience that is just, it's just a flat line black. Well, I, I guess I asked the question to the panel here. Since I was a little kid, I've always been obsessed with why are we here? What happens when we we die? Is this just it? Uh, on a level where I think about it, since I was about five years old till now, on a daily, regular basis, I'm constantly, I don't want to say it's a burden, because it's not, but it's something I think about on a hardcore level of why are we here? What happens when we die? That's not an average person kind of a thing. People don't think about that. Am I weird or is that just something everyone thinks about and we don't talk about? It's something about? everyone thinks about. That's why societies, whether they had a god of the sun, god of the water, you know, whatever, whatever, they have to... Do they? Hold on. Not, not to cut you off, but do really... Everyone, everyone thinks about that? Because the reason why I'm cutting you off is because I'm saying... When I talk to people, my friends and family, they tell me they don't think about it as much as I do. And I'd like to hear Vicky. I would say I would say you're in a smaller percentage at considering the amount of time that you devote to it as opposed to 
the other regular person who are more worried about the concrete things that they're dealing with daily, you're looking at, okay, what's next? Me personally, I'd be more concerned if it's a big giant groundhog day and I got to come back and do the same exact stuff over again. Oh, it's like Mario Brothers. Okay, awesome. so I actually am on, I'm on Team Bird on this one. I think about this all the time. We've had discussions about that this is as good as it gets. This is, as, this is it. I would be totally upset if this was it and no questions are answered. I think it was uh, a lady who's 100 years old, uh, Betty White. She said that her husband knew something that she didn't that's what happens after you close your eyes for that last time mm -hmm. and that was something she was looking forward to i if this is it i'm pissed uh, yeah i'm gonna go fuck you yeah. all this shit all the, i'm trying to get better as a human i'm trying to get spiritually enlightened and i don't get answers fuck you why did i work so hard yeah, yeah. well i just exactly. yeah for the quality of life you have now that would be the purpose as to why you work so hard why you did that so your quality of life and how you live your life you rewarded yourself your time here, even if it's not going to be rewarded on the nah. other side. Well, my what about would uh -uh. be, sorry. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm a person that if there's a beginning, middle, and end, I want to know what the fuck is going on here. If I died and never got an answer, I mean, I guess I'd be dead and I wouldn't be bitter, but the human side, I'm going, what the sh Really? What the fuck? What is it? American Idol? What is, what, what is this show we're doing here? Well, to bring it full circle, when I was saying corroborating things because of Stonehenge and then the other archaeology and then scrolls and all that, you corroborate it. So if you believe in the paranormal and spiritual, you know, uh, spirits and stuff like that, then that in some ways has to give you an answer that there has to be something else after life, if that makes sense. Like, you're right. You're kind of triangulating your experience. Look, I'm a person. I, I, I'm not a religious person, but I do consider myself a spiritual person. I, I believe in a God, whatever that means to you, because I can see the sun, the moon, the stars, shit that we really can't explain other than definitions and scientists. Oh, yes, in the atmosphere and all that. I get all that. But no one knows why it's here, why it's so detailed. That's fucking crazy to me. Without me smoking a joint, without me having a sip of alcohol, that blows my mind. And I feel like a lot of people, I don't know, they don't talk about that, Vicky. Most of my friends don't. They fr <laughs> the two people that I know do are right here in this room That's right now. That's fucking crazy to me. But it also dovetails into what you were saying. Dovetails. <laughs> yeah. It also dovetails into what you were saying earlier about meditation is I think with all this noise in my uh, assumption or belief is that people a long time ago used to think about it a lot more because they used to have a lot more downtime and they didn't have the internet or whatever. I think that you walk to your Mercedes from your law firm and you... you know, Mercedes, this yeah. motherfucker. You know, you're like, you know, you're... You, what an example. Uh, you know? Well, so relatable. That's the, really that's, the, that's the Audi commercial. They were making fun of the Mercedes, right? Because it was just like the guy in the suit and the Audi person was like living his life avant-garde, right? And people are like, all right, you get the job, you become partner of the law firm, you go to college, you do all these things, right? But, you know, at the end of the day, to Vicky's point, I think we can kind of split the baby and say... At the end of the day, you just have to live your best life, enjoy it to the best of your, your ability, make yourself happy, make the people you love happy, and let's just all hope for the best, you know? Because at the end of the day, we're jumping off that cliff. Whether there's water underneath it or we find a parachute on our back, it's happening. Mm -hmm. Well, metal beard dick <laughs> in the chat room. We can explain sun and all that. No, motherfucker. 
that's th- those are definitions. You cannot explain. You can explain what they're made of, yeah. but you can't explain how they got here so, so, to a perfection. So you can explain all the way, as I understand science, you can explain it all the way to the Big Bang. But where do you but, go? From, where do you go from but, that? But you really what, can't, though. What you, caused the Big Bang? But, but you, think about the Big Bang theory. If I take a watch right now and I take a hammer, it goes from organized to chaos because I applied this Big Bang to that watch. How does the Big Bang theory make sense that you went and took this explosion and turned it into this organized world that we have? Great detail. Exactly, Vicky. I mean, we act like there's not detail to all this shit. Look at a fucking elephant. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let it, let, let. <laughs> Seriously, though, there's not detail behind this shit. No, it's amazing. Okay, whatever. It's amazing. And there's different levels of intelligence and knowledge on the animal species, and there's the way that the ecosystem works and has evolved and all of that. Organized chaos. Organized chaos. It really is organized chaos. Uh, I'm just saying, nobody fucking knows. Anyone that no says they shit. do, yeah. be, beware. No, no weird. <laughs> but I, I think it's great to have theories and faith and have a feeling of things. But as Fleetwood Mac said, go your own way and follow your gut. You they, they didn't say the gut part, though. That's um, ad-libbing there. Well, y'all, we got to fucking end this thing. This thing's <laughs> 7.30. Denny's got shaky legs over there. Uh, Mr. Ponton, thank you very much, brother. Uh, Denny's, if you don't mind getting on the microphone, I do want to talk to you about seven more topics. (laughs) A kid. Uh, We do have some fun announcements coming up where we all can get together and meet. We got a uh, snack pack show coming up, and we have a KVJ podcast coming up where I think. Should, should people still come to the podcast if they don't have tickets, Danny? Is, is that the wrong message? Is so the live? people who got live tickets definitely come. Everyone yes. Else. Um, Sorry. Hello. <laughs> I know a couple people that might be there. I can't get a ticket. <laughs> I you will be you're you're on my list. <laughs> I think we got a list where we can grab a couple extra people. A couple extra. They are being <laughs> dicks about. Really? We, we did a KVJ, uh, yeah, live podcast. It's the first we've done in three years. Where? So I, I get so the it's demand. coming up at the Paddock Room at the Kennel Club. It's coming up the twenty eighth, uh, and then it is. It's going to be fun, and we haven't done anything in about three years. It, it's week- free. It filled up really quickly. The weekend prior, we're doing the the. It's the uh, Crawfish Fest, 22nd. The Snack Pack Show. And I was going to ask all y'all to come. Beckett, Vicky, Mr. Ponton. That's the 22nd, Denny's? I believe it's the 22nd. Let me yeah. count. It's the 22nd on a Saturday. We go on at 4, 4 p.m. PM yeah. We did it last year. It was such great fun. And it is. We kind of opened up the festival. So there wasn't that many people there. This year, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Beckett, I'd love to get you on stage. Maybe do a little booty shaking. That'd be fun. Shake that fucking crack, dog. Put me, on, put me on some auto tune on the stage. We we I can't. I, I, <laughs> we want you for your body, Becky. We're gonna sexualize you, not for your talents. Uh, we're, we're asking. We're <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. My tambourine, Vicky. If you can get it, I'll buy you a tambourine. I, I think I have a tambourine. Yeah, you're, you're on stage. All right. So chat room, <laughs> we are 32 deep right now. Y'all got to be at the snack pack show. You got to be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was going to be a lot of fun. I'll be deeply hurt if everyone's not there. <laughs> up there <laughs> up there, looking like a snack. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, time to do some local music, y'all. You know me. I am a huge fan of uh, singer-songwriters, especially in the local game here. Me and Denny's knows when it comes to writing songs. 
Man, it's tough to get people to check out your shit. It is. It's tough to get people to listen to music. Even if you're the best musician, Beckett, people just don't want to take the time to check it out. So we want to focus, highlight people here locally that are writing their own stuff, not getting that shine. Love it. Let's get that shine for these nice, awesome, hardworking people. We got Bobby Lentz and his band... 59 shop this song is called reason for the night sammy his sister sent that in she's in the uh, kvj grimsley movie yes Ooh. so we're keeping it all in the family here y'all thank you for listening to the podcast this is reason for the night by 59 shop if you want to follow them on social media they are at 59 shop band uh, i don't know i'm sure it'll pop up if you search it insta tiktok <laughs> Whatever it's called. All right, guys, be well, be safe. We love you all, and Bigfoot Big is real. real. Wow.